0: Let's get this shit, let's get this shit, let's get this shit, let's Top of the moment, 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 top of the the moment. What's good y'all, welcome back to another video. In this video we're gonna begin to an old school classic anime gun to wing, and whether or not this series was actually dope, or is it just nostalgia clouding our judgement to live in the past and not realize things for what they really are, unnecessarily increasing the quality of something we grew up on just because of fond memories. I mean honestly, nostalgia is a hell of a drug, so I took the time to rewatch this series in English dub in its entirety, not including the movie Endless Waltz, for you. Not me. You. Not me. Not Hermione. You. But before we get into the video, please be sure to subscribe to the channel, as well as hit that notification bell to get notified for more content that I put out. As well as be sure to hit the like button if you enjoyed the video, as well as leave a comment and let me know your thoughts on Gundam Wayne. So without any further ado, let's just get into it, yeah? So let's get into a series which may be the first anime that some of us watched because of the tsunami in the year 2000. It was the 6th of March, and a grass fire of unknown origin was exasperated by dry conditions and strong winds, burning 1,500 acres of grassland northwest and north of Brandon and Minnehaha County. The fire threatened several homes, but no homes were damaged, although farmland and some equipment burned. In a separate event on the same day, Gundam Wing, also known as New Mobile Report Gundam Wing in Japan, premiered on Cartoon Network in the United States to most of our surprise after school. Gundam Wing is the second series in the Gundam franchise to take place in an alternate continuity from the original Mobile Suit Gundam series and not written by original creator Yoshiyuki Tomino following G Gundam, which I will make a video about later. It was also the first Gundam series to air on American television. Gundam Wing's Japan run took place from April 7, 1995 to March 26, 1996, for a total of 49 episodes. While in the United States, Gundam Wing's Tsunami run ran from March 6, 2000 to May 11, 2000 with reruns continuing until Cartoon Network lost the broadcast rights in 2002. Gundam Wing did well. Did okay in Japan when airing. It wasn't Japan's favorite, but it saw greatest success in the US airing on Toonami during the time when anime was seeing a big boom with the success of Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon in the 90s. Now, with that being said, let me get into a little bit of the plot and the characters of Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing takes place in the future. Humans have colonized space, creating space colonies. Meanwhile on Earth, the nations have been unified as a united Earth Sphere Alliance. However, the Alliance oppresses the space colonies, go figure, with its military power, backed by this Illuminati type organization known as the Organization of the Zodiac, more commonly known as Oz. The colonies desire a peaceful resolution to the situation, joining together in a movement headed by the reluctant hero Yui, not to be confused with our main character, who we will get into shortly. In the year after Colony 175, Yui is shot dead by an Oz assassin, silencing the colony's efforts for peace with Earth. The assassination also prompts five disaffected Oz engineers to turn rogue after the completion of the prototype mobile suit tall Geese. Gundam Wing's main plot takes place in the year after Colony 195. With the start of Operation Media, the five rogue engineers plan for revenge against the Oz organization. This plan involves five teenage boys who have each been trained by one of the rogue engineers and sent to Earth independently in advanced mobile suits known as Gundams, each designed by one of the five engineers and based on both the tall prototype and the engineers' first collaborative Gundam design, known as Wing Zero. Their mobile suits are called Gundams because they are constructed from a rare and durable material known as vibranium. Oops, I mean, I mean Gundanium alloy, which can only be created in outer space. After Zodan brings our heroes together on Earth, they learn how to work together to take down Rita Repulsa and Lord Zag. Sorry, wrong series, but that may be what got me into Gundam Wing when it first came out. Having been watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Power Ranger Zeo throughout the 90s, getting young teenage protagonists in giant mech suits that all looked distinctively different didn't feel too foreign. In fact, that may be what drew me in as a young kid. We all pick a favorite Power Ranger or favorite Megazord, so Gundam taking advantage of an already established concept in Japan of Super Sentai and coming to the West during the anime boom that I stated before and the popularity of the mech genre rising in the West after Power Rangers and things such as Transformers may have been the perfect storm for me. But back on a serious note, the five Gundam pilots, Hero Yui, an alias not to be confused with the assassinated leader, Duo Maxwell, Troa Barton, Catra Rubaba, winner, or whiner or wiener, whatever, and Chang Wufei are each ordered to use their powerful mobile suits to destroy Oz before they fulfill their secret plan to overthrow the Alliance from the inside and conquer both Earth and the colonies. Though they are initially unaware of each other's existence, once the Gundam pilots realize they have the same objective of destroying Oz, and in some cases the same missions, they band together to help each other in restoring freedom to the colonies. So let's get into the characters. Hero Yui, which some of you guys might remember as a emo dude with the green tank top. Hero Yui, 15-year-old pilot of the Gundam Wing, and later the Wing Gundam Zero, which honestly looks like most of the other Gundams from the other series, and I am more referencing the Burning and Shining Gundam from G Gundam, But hey, what do I know? I am not a Gundam expert. As well, he's the main protagonist of the series. The boy known as Hero is the most serious and grim of the Gundam pilots. Basically, a Sasuke Uchiha in every other anime edgelord prototype. His true name is unknown, but for Operation Media, he's been codenamed after the martyred leader of the space colonies, raised by the scientist Dr. J in the L1 colony cluster. Hero has been trained since childhood to be a ruthless battle machine, equally proficient in mobile suit piloting, personal combat, Demolitions and computer hacking. Then we have Duo Maxwell, my personal favorite. Duo is also 15 years old and he's the pilot of the Gundam Death Scythe, which honestly is probably the dopest Gundam design to me alone because of the size. And don't try to change my mind. He's an orphan of US descent who was raised by the L2 Colony Cluster's social services program. By the age of 15, he had already been working field operations and as a mechanic. Duo calls himself the God of Death because of the amount of death he witnessed early in his life. Ugh. Nine year old me must have thought this shit was so dope as a name. Despite his hardships and trauma, Duo was pretty chill and he has a cheerful outlook. Next, we got Troa Barton. Troa is also 15 years old and he's a pilot of the Gundam Heavy Arms, easily the trashest Gundam out of the five in my opinion. Like the title, this Gundam depends on heavy shooting. The amount of time this Gundam runs out of ammo and has to resort to just throwing his guns at enemies and then get it washed up is actually hilarious. Troa is a man of mystery and has basically revealed nothing of his past. Hailing from the L3 colony cluster, he brought his Gundam to Earth without detection by disguising himself as a circus clown. While similar to Hero in personnel, He's a warrior only by necessity and only fights only when needed. Next, we have Catra Rebarba Winner, or Weiner, or Wiener. my bad, again. Catra is the 15-year-old pilot of the Gundam Sandrop. I don't love this gun design, but I don't hate it either. He is the youngest child and only male in a family of 30 children. His 29 sisters were test tube babies and Catra was born naturally. Sheesh, boy, that's crazy. His father was a wealthy aristocrat who was more of a pacifist from the L4 cluster colony who was opposed to the rule of Oz. Catra didn't really have that bad of a childhood, but deals with the usual storyline of having being the only male in his family and having to inherit his father's fortune and political power. He's not the strongest pilot, but He does excel in battle strategy and tactics. Also, along with Duo, he has to be the most likable personality and has the best character traits in my opinion. And our last pilot, is Chang Wufei, our pilot of the Shenlong Gundam, which is pretty dope and reminds me of Sai Sai Qi's Gundam from G Gundam. Wufei descends from Chang's, an esteemed family of Chinese warriors, and is from the L5 colony cluster. Due to his heritage of honor and integrity, Wufei harbors the alliance. Although he has aligned himself with Sally Poe and her rebels, he prefers to work alone. When he was younger, he was more quiet and cerebral, but his unwillingness to fight led to the death of his wife, Mei-Lan, or Mei Lan. My bad, (laughs) again. A strong girl who took the responsibility of protecting the colony and the newly built Shenlong Gundam onto herself and was killed in battle. In memory of her, Wu Fei then chose to carry out her path of justice and refuses to fight those he sees as weak, such as pacifists, women, and children. This sounds noble, But in actuality, Wu Fei is easily tied as my least favorite character, next to Hero Yui. He's just a dick and annoying, and don't tell me he's just a traumatized kid, I don't care. Then we have Relina Peacecraft. Relina is a 15-year-old pampered adoptive daughter of an Earth Alliance Foreign Affairs Minister and the undisputed Queen Bee of her posh private school, who just wants to be Mixie so bad. She meets Hero and clings to him, thinking he's the spice she's been looking for. When Relina's foster father is assassinated by Oz, he reveals with his dying words Relina's true identity, and she decides to continue the pacifist work of her real father, King Peacecraft, by becoming a leading advocate for peace and non-violence in a world full of chaos. As the daughter of King Peacecraft, Relina is one of the heirs to the Saint Kingdom. She decides to reunite her country under the banner of non-aggression and slowly gathers our protagonist together throughout the story, or while being in love with Hero. Don't really know why she's in love with him, but anime, I guess. Next, we have Zex Marquis. Zex is our resident Racer X from Speed Racer. I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. <laughs> but, he's the guy we remember with the cool looking mask growing up and is our rival to our hero, Hero. He is a pilot for the Alliance Elite Special Forces, which is a front for Oz, and is the first pilot to master the mobile suit prototype tall geese. He is a hero to the special members and the trusted friend of their leader, Trey's. Zex is shrewd and cautious, wary of taking unnecessary risks or underestimating his enemies. Zex's mask hides his dark secret. He's. Actually the son of King Peacecraft, heir to the Saint Kingdom, and Rolina's long lost older brother, whose name is Miliardo Peacecraft. Bum bum bum. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Honestly, his dual identity gets exposed so early on that it's not even that big of a deal to the characters in the series because they end up addressing him by both names a lot. Lastly, we have Trace Cushrenata. Trace is an aristocrat, odd supreme commander. Trace gained control of the Alliance military through clever manipulation of Earth's ongoing power struggle with the colonies. Seen as charismatic, intelligent, and cunning, but is also ruthless and will take out our heroes at any chance. I won't get too much into his character as of now since his development alone spoils a lot of the plot, which I'll get into shortly. So, you know, that was our plot, that was the characters, that's a little quick summary. Now, let's get into my thoughts about this series. What the heck is this? That's a mobile suit. It's a gun gun! It's around to destroy! Yeah. There's five areas right there with nothing. plot. But enemy not! Enemy is not! we every one of us! Mission accepted. Oh. Mission accepted. Oh. So now that I've given you all the refresh on the plot, details and characters of Gundam Wing, I will now get into what I liked about the anime and what I did it. Honestly, the anime starts off pretty strong, actually. I can't even hold you. I can see the younger me watching this as a kid. Like, whoa, what an epic cliffhanger ending, and I wonder what's going to happen to Relina after stalking Hero after crashing on Earth from this big space battle with the mask guy. No, seriously, what's good with this girl? She literally becomes obsessed with Hero and doesn't know a thing about him. And he constantly offers her to smoke and says to her, and I quote, I'll kill you. Whoa, calm down, Jamal. Don't pull out the nine. After sneaking in as a student to her school and embarrassing her in front of everyone when she tries to flex and invite this cute new boy to her birthday party because, I mean, why not? Why not invite a strange, cute boy who wants to kill you to your birthday party in front of all your classmates? Which honestly, to me, as you get more into the series, I feel like that should have been the subtitle under the main title, Gundam Wing. I'll kill you. I also don't know why the whole class is obsessed with her. Honestly, it's giving me Comey can't communicate vibes. But regardless of my confusion as to why she's obsessed with Hiro, the first episode was really entertaining. Mixy, but entertaining. Almost like this show we used to watch on Sundays called uh, Euphoria. <laughs> Anyway, honestly, the series stays entertaining for the first couple episodes. We get introduced to a ton of strong female characters, which honestly, I have to give this series credit for making the female characters in this show extremely well-written, strong, and independent thinkers. However, they make sure they don't pilot any mobile suits throughout the series. I mean, look, by episode four, we meet a character named Noin, who pimp slaps the fuck out of someone. Then we get introduced to Lady Un, which honestly, she might be bae, cause she's cold as ice, boy. Obviously, we start to get introduced to our other pilots as more episodes progress. We get introduced to a lot of them just doing their own thing on Earth and doing whatever mission was specifically chosen for them. but kind of in a dramatic fashion. Troa being in a circus and his last name being Barton is giving me heavy Hawkeye Clint Barton vibes. And by the end of episode four, Wu-Fei's dramatic scream from his ordeal just has me weak. Duo and Catra though, their introductions were pretty good and honestly at this point, they already start to outshine Hero as a protagonist and a character. You might be wondering why I'm not getting into the specifics of each episode introduction for the pilots and honestly, it's because their introduction isn't much different from every other episode in the series. Most of the series follows our pilots doing random missions that we don't even see being assigned to them. Some episodes we may have one to three pilots team up because their individual missions let them to cross paths or meet for the first time and in best interest they end up working together for a common goal but a lot of it is just blowing up random odds bases and battles with fodder mobile suits just to show off how much better our main characters are at fighting than odd scrubs. Which don't get me wrong, the fight scenes are pretty good in the series and don't disappoint when they happen. It's just that I didn't understand why certain things were happening, they were just happening. But maybe it's because I'm stupid. I guess. However, on the other end, for the Oz side of the story, things are a little bit more interesting. Motivations are explained a little bit better, and we get more characterization for Trey, Zex, Un, Noin, and the other characters introduced to be fighting on the Oz side. This really comes to a head by episode 10. Trey arrives at Oz headquarters. He sees the Tall outside. He claims Zex is the only one who could pilot the Tall geese. Lady Un thinks Trey shouldn't give Zex too much power, but Trey isn't concerned. They meet Noin and Zex in Trey's office, and Lady Un, who's in charge of next operation, says she's given strategy instructions at 1600 and they are to come one goes with her but Trey's requests that Zex stay Zax and Trey's talk Zex requests to continue serving Trays and Trey's consents he wonders why Zex hasn't removed his mask yet Zex still says he wears his mask as a mark of distinction before Zex leaves Trays calls him miliardo peacecraft <laughs> He said it! He said it! That night in the headquarters war room, Lady Un announces a plan to move the Taurus mobile suits to the Oz base in Siberia in order to install battle data in them. While transferring them there, there will also be a false transport. Un wants the Gundams to arrive so they can be annihilated. She then proceeds to give strategies on how to defeat each individual Gundam while also giving each one a number-based name for distinction. 01 through 05 is their actual names are unknown to Oz. While this is going down, Hero and Duo, who are currently together in his dorm room as Hero is still acting like he's a student at Relina School, hear about this mission and decide to go there. Falling for the trap, Catra and Troa are also together and decide to go to Siberia as well. Wufei, who has been alone most of the time, also decides to go. Our pilots all fall for this trap, and an epic battle ensues in Siberia. Hero versus Zex and his tall geese and the other Gundams doing their own thing. Lady announces to the Gundam pilots that if they do not surrender and hand over their Gundams, she will launch missiles at the colonies from Space Fortress Barge. Duo, Troa, and Catra immediately halt their actions upon hearing this. While Zex seizes his duel with Hero and contacts Un, he says this isn't what Trace wants, but Un refuses to listen and slaps Noin when she claims Zex is right. When none of the Gundam pilots make an intent to give into her demands, Un orders Barge to fire the missiles. Suddenly, Dr. J comes on all the monitors in the headquarters and the Gundams, claiming that the colonies are not involved and this is his own personal battle with Oz. He then agrees to surrender. Hero emerges from his Gundam's cockpit following this, and Zex is shocked to see that he's just a boy. Dr. J repeats that he'll surrender, but adds he will not hand over the Gundams and Hero then activates a device that self detonates the Wing Gundam. His body flies from the explosion and crashes nearby, while Wing's trash frame collapses to the ground. Everyone is shocked that Hero sacrifices his life for the colonies. Gundam Heavy Arms picks up Hero's body and Zex lets them retreat along with the other two Gundams. Lady Yun is notified by knowing that Trey is indeed disappointed with her recent tactics. Troa drives off in his truck while Hero remains in Heavy Arms hands. Honestly, that synopsis I found for the episode really does show how strong it really is. It is a. Perfect culmination of the many different factions we've seen over the first 11 episodes come together. After this point, weird dumb things start to happen. For some reason, after all that happened in Siberia, the series decides to keep Hero alive. Fine, he's the main character. I get it. Do I think you have better options to choose from our five pilots? Yes, but he's alive, which made the sacrifice to me so inconsequential. Also, Zex becomes obsessed with rebuilding Hero's Gundam behind the scenes so that he can have his honorable rematch with him. While our other pilots separate and regroup, which like, okay, I get it anime. But bruh, you are supplying your enemy with their weapon. They destroyed themselves, all in the name of honor. Like bruh, we gonna act like it's not some funky shit going on in the world right now? Like come on. This writing and character choice for him is just unbelievable and almost seemed out of character based on how cold and calculated he was earlier in the series. I guess this is the Migliardo Peacecraft in him? The best thing to happen over these course of episodes after Siberia is Rolina really starts to find her character. I haven't brought up too much about Rolina at this point past episode 1 because as a character she doesn't really have too much going on and she isn't really doing too much many actionable things to note throughout the story, besides being a love struck damsel in distress. But, by episode 6, she starts to show some conviction, especially following her father's death and wanting to actually change the world. I was expecting to get her so much more fleshed out by now, hell I mean even the outro song which is fire and visuals make her have so much more personality and don't get to shine in the story itself. I was expecting to get so much more fleshed out by now. The girl is the face that they show every time the character select screen eye catcher comes up. She should be doing so much more. but bruh. Does it escalate quickly in episode 11? Relina is at this dinner party since she is now kind of a political figure. As a teenager, I guess. And Oz, people, and Lady Un are there. She knows Lady Un is while her father is dead, basically. And in the middle of this dinner party, Relina pulled out a strap and let off on Un. And boy. Whoa, calm down, Jamal. Don't pull out the nine. I respect it, but she missed. After this, Noin decided that she wanted to ride out with Relina and kind of help her throughout her cause. Which is dope, but guess what? You might as well call this your final goodbye for Relina because you won't see her again for the next third of the series. The series then starts to try to get deep into the psyche of how all of our pilots are scarred from battle, but they are so good at it and are wise for their age and are so selfless for doing this, which all in all is fine and commendable, except most of these characters have done a horrible job of actually showing that. And I can't blame the characters, I mean I could, but i guess it's just the writing in the script all the Control po- all- that gods since god lets them do all the positive and the characters throughout the series up until now and through the entirety fail to show us their emotions. They tell, but they don't show. None of these emotions they are saying, they have, and emotions other characters are saying, the pilots have, aren't believable. A lot of the dialogue is them responding back and forth to each other with these shallow, deep quotes that don't even connect to the conversation. Someone will ask them a question and the response will always be a random, deep quote that makes them seem so wise, but honestly, it's really dumb. Like, bro, you didn't even answer the question. Would you like fries with your burger? Violets are red and roses are blue. Like, bro, okay, cute, you deep, but... What they gotta do? What we talking about? That's no good. But I digress. So after Zex rebuilds Gundam Zero One, he basically invited Hero to Antarctica through Noin. and as his thinks, he tells Zex he'll return the favor by killing him. They duke it out anime style, except Hero decides to use Troa's heavy arm just because Zex didn't reinstall the self detonation device. This bozo. But in the middle of their fight, Rolina pulls out a boss move and interrupts they fight by flying a plane into the middle of it. Dumb but brave. On the way there though, she has no idea why the Roma Fella Foundation, the real assholes behind Oz, want to get rid of Zax. However, Noin contacts Rolina and reveals to her that Zex is her older brother, Miliardo Peacecraft. She further explains to Rolina that in order for her brother to get revenge on the Alliance for destroying the Saint Kingdom, he joined Oz and donned the mask. Once Oz took over the earth and he got his revenge, He lost his purpose, and now he only wants to battle the Gundam pilots for the sake of understanding what drives them. The rest of the search party's fleet arrives, Troa tells Hero and Zex that the three of them should be able to fight off the fleet together. However, Zex instead declares he'll take on the fleet alone saying he'll surrender once everyone escapes. He tells Hero they'll continue their duel another day and also asks Noy to take care of Relina for him. Troa converts Wing Gundam into bird mode and picks up heavy arms to give Hero a ride out. In her plane, Relina is relieved that she was able to stop the battle. Now, after this point in the video, I won't get too much into episode synopsis. I just really want to kind of, you know, Hone in big parts of the, the story that happened at this point. I mean, if you guys want to rewatch, you can rewatch to kind of fill in the gaps for yourself. But from here on, I'm gonna be bullshitting. That's some bullshit. This is where the show no longer made any sense to me. The pilots end up being split up all over space and are just doing random things. Tro is undercover in Oz. Catra is dealing with family shit, being the blonde blue-eyed prince of an Arabic nation colony. Kinda weird, just saying. Fei is doing mad brooding just because he lost in a fight against Treys. And he's being sexist and an asshole. And if you can't tell, I never enjoy Fei. I'll just leave it at that. Duo is getting mixed up with this random girl and Hiro is doing whatever he wants, just fighting when he feels like. This portion of the story when they are in space is really, really weak. Granted, I'll say this. This is the most time we actually have the pilots interacting with each other. And honestly, they are way more interesting together than they are separate throughout the series. While they are in space, shit is going down on Earth. But just focus on Oz and Romanfella and not so much Relina. She disappears for some odd reason. Lady Yun has a split personality. One that's a savage and one that's just in love OD with Trace. Which I really don't think that was a good choice to make. We realize that Trace is not even the villain we should be worried about. Which is kind of a letdown because there was this, oh, he's the big boss energy about him from the start just to realize nah he actually wants peace for everyone but he knows he has to do bad things but as he is running Oz the Romanfella foundation who wants to just rule everything decides to get him out of here and they find him useless and then boom the Jaeger faction is born I mean the Trace faction I do love me a good coup d'etat Zex gets the togis destroyed since Romanfella basically was hunting his ass down everywhere and fighting him with random mobile suits wearing him down but no worries he then decides to take on the identity of Miliotto Peacecraft and no one knows the difference. He ends up blending back into the politics of it all. False, that's literally not how it went down. People ass know he's the same person and they really just act like he isn't for some reason. He just freely switches between identities throughout the whole series and everyone knows it's the same person. For all that, just keep the same name. Rolina gets reintroduced into the later part of the series, making her a pawn to the Roman Fellow Foundation to act as Queen of the Earth. Which, not that bad, honestly. But she's aware and tries her best to get her way while being used as a pawn to create total pacifism for the galaxy. But it isn't much more interesting than that. However, they do give us this uh, anti-Relina whose name is Dorothy Catalonia, which looks just like Relina, but she's a sicko granddaughter of this dude in the Roman Fellow Foundation who is obsessed with war and thinks it's beautiful. She stays by Relina's side being sneaky as hell and she's shysty, but really she's just sticking along since she knows Relina attracts trouble and is somewhat manipulating her to take actions which will hopefully lead to a bigger fight somewhere else since she just enjoys seeing war because she's a sicko, like I said. This scientist out of nowhere ends up helping Zex at some point and he starts kind of doing his own thing on the side, as Trays is also doing his own thing on the side with his faction and creates the Epion, which I'm not even gonna hold you, Epion Gundam might be the best Gundam in the series. It really gives me all master Gundam vibes from G Gundam, again. Nice. But Trays eventually gives the Gundam the hero in this random encounter, just cause, and Zex ends up with the Wing Zero, but the two end up fighting each other and then swapping guns anyway. Whatever. Don't know why that happened. Don't even know why we did the other thing in the first place, but here we are. Also, why is Fei so toxic talking about the weak be fighting when the weak fight, they give in and lose their minds? This is like the pot calling the kettle black, and he dead toe knowing. Sounds like something a woman would say. Bro, who is this dude, So I hate him. He's trash. I hate him. Loser! You're a loser! Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you should be, because you are dirt! You make me sick, you big baby! Also... There's this weird like Troa amnesia plot that's mid as hell. And Noin really steps up actually during a lot of part of the story during his amnesia part. Tubarov who's this guy in Roma fella really has some sexual relationship with his mobile dolls. Oh yeah, there's this new fodder that they had called mobile dolls instead of just having people in in mobile suits now. They get introduced into the second half of the story and it's basically now mobile dolls remotely controlled and programmed for battle, which Dorothy thinks is a no-no since battle is something that is Beautiful between humans. While this is all going down, the Roman Fellow Foundation is attacking colony people and anyone housing the Trace faction. All while we get this constant push for pacifism, they do a horrible job of explaining what it means for the show, They just say it over and over and over and over again, and never really define it. While in space, our pilots run into the scientists who originally made the Gundams, and these guys are just assholes. They also don't really care what happens to the colonies, they just want to make shit. The pilots constantly separate and connect with each other, which is fine, but sucks, because like I said, they are more interesting together than they are apart. Honestly, the story is just much more interesting when Hero is connected with Duo, Troa Pre-Amnesia and Catra and honestly in my opinion the story would have probably been better if it was through the struggle of Catra Who was the most human out of all the pilots also this random faction comes out of nowhere called the White Fang Which also sounds like a team from Zoids New Century But we found out the White Fang is actually led by Zex and Zex is the to actually just destroy the earth Legit scorch earth method since he feels like this is the only way to get peace for the colonies meanwhile Trace ends up in power again after one of the heads of Romanfella, Dorothy's grandfather, is killed. And now is trying to stop Zex from destroying the earth. All the while, both of them, for some reason, have this underlying plan that after all the people will be so scared from this war, that there will be peace. And Relina will get to rule in total pacifism. Which seems like a good idea, I guess, but bruh... Now you just want to destroy the earth, that don't really make no sense to me, but whatever. Throughout the series, all the characters swear Hero is deeper than what he actually is. They're always asking and saying, Oh, what would Hero do? And they'd be like, Oh, I'm sure that's what he's thinking. Bro, he's not a role model. That's what bothered me but also goes to show why everyone else's motivations just seem so unearned. I don't know, man. So if it sounds like I'm really all over the place during this like review and kind of like how I'm giving my thoughts in the series, that's because this series is all over the place for the most part as well. It's, it really just doesn't know what it's doing. And I do know there's some back end things that happened during production that kind of messed up the scripting and who was working on what of the story. But all that being said, literally by episode four, they legit have to have a dialogue between some random soldier and the doc who helped Saxon in order to explain what's even going on in the show. Saying who's at war and what the different factions are, like where the pieces are, and who's actually like what everybody's objectives are. Like we don't really know what's going on until this even happens. And even then, I still don't know what's going on. Like I said, I might be dumb though. True, and, yeah, that's pretty true. That's true, and, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> also, they waited until episode 41 to change the intro song. There are 49 episodes. Why would you wait till episode 41 to change the intro song? Whatever. Another character choice that I ended up hating in this story after this point is that Noin folded from doing her own thing, all these episodes, and helping the pilots in space, and ended up joining Zex as soon as he pulled up and was on some... Uh, I wanted to betray him but now I see that pretty face I could never type shit. But anyway, with all my random rambling, we are at the climax of the story. The final war between Earth and the colony, Zex versus trays all while Relina is kidnapped, kind of, during it but gets saved by her bae hero and all the pilots are trying to figure out whose side they should be on while mommy and daddy fight and by mommy and daddy i'm talking about trace and sex they really just end up finding whoever wants to smoke honestly because like i said no one gives these kids any real direction they're just doing stuff and honestly why does it take until the episode before the last for hero to finally be like believe in me relina and say he swore to protect her Bro, all series, he said he was going to kill her. And now he has some type of romantic interest in her in some type of way. Like, how am I supposed to believe this shit? I don't believe this shit. Did you believe this shit when you watched it? I don't know. Let me know. No, God, please, no, no. Oh, and Dorothy, (laughs) Dorothy really ends up challenging Who she's not even a pilot. Dorothy's not a pilot, bro. She's just mixy and spicy. Well, she ends up challenging Catra to a duel and did the most to piss him off and get under his skin. She really is a psycho. She lost, but she's a psycho. Kinda like it though. Nice! Oh, and then Wu Fei feels bad for killing Trays because he ends up actually getting to kill Trays after this point, and realizing Trays actually remembers every single person who died in battle, and Wu Fei starts crying and saying he didn't think that he'd win. Like, what the fuck was the point of all this thing? All series, bro. He was fixated on actually trying to kill Trays because Trays whooped him in a duel, and he's shocked because he realizes Trays is more human than he thought because he remembers every single name of the people who fought for him, which just shows that uh, your boy Miliardo, or whatever he wants to be called is really really dead ass about this plan. The final episode is basically hero vs sex and they show it to everyone in the colonies on earth. They like do this big projector screen to everybody so they can see it. Don't know how they did it but fine. They're trying to make everyone feel the misery of combat. This series over and over and over again tries to make me believe hero is too pure and too kind and I don't get it. The dialogue on war is just so dumb. Like, they be calling each other kind, and it's annoying. A hero gets in front of a piece of Libra, you know, the shit that the white fang stole from Romanfella to use as a base and means to blow up the Earth, and blows it up before it can into Earth's atmosphere and sex kills himself. Fine. The series ends with, like, I guess a time skip. Relina is going by Dorland again and not Peacecraft as some diplomat. She gets on a plane and heroes in disguise and he passes her, leaving her a teddy bear with a note and she rips it up and looks at him through the window and says, next time, give it to me in person. And then the series just goes, the end. All right, so that's my spark notes of Gundam Wing. You felt like it was all over the place? You felt like it was shitty? So be it. I mean, the series is all over the place and kinda shitty, if I'm being honest. I mean, yes, this is my first time doing a video in this format, in long form, and actually trying to write a script. This took me a minute. Overall, do I think Gundam Wing is actually good, or is it just nostalgia, cloud, not judgment? You know what I think it is? Honestly, growing up, I never saw Gundam Wing in its entirety in order. A lot of the time, it was random episodes, and I was so young, I didn't know what was going on. I saw cool fights, cool robots, and visuals. I wasn't used to seeing in American cartoons. And looking back on it, I could see why Younger Me thought it was fire. But Younger Me was also not looking at the plot. And I know some people say it's good for the time, but honestly with G Gundam, video coming soon, releasing before this, and anime such as Ghost in the Shell, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Tension Universe, video also coming soon, released in the same year, I can't really excuse the poor quality of the direction of this show. The character dialogue is shallow as all hell, and it's really trying to sound smarter about war than it actually is. And that's sad, given Gundam is a series, that usually does a good job depicting it. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend anyone who has just a Nah, Gundam Wing is fire, bro, that used to be my shit back in the day, type of energy. Like, if you haven't watched it in 20 years, and that's like like, literally the only, you know, memory you have of it, don't do it. If you love Gundam though, sure, go for it. But in good conscience, anyone I'm actually friends with, I would tell them not to watch this series, and maybe watch G Gundam instead. Which I think is sillier, and doesn't take itself as serious, all while being funny and action-packed. Overall, Gundam Wing, I could give it a 4 out of 10. And that's because the fight scenes are actually just that good. But let me know your thoughts on Gun the Wing in the comment section below. You know, what you think about the video as well. And if you think what I'm talking about is absolute nonsense. Also, if you enjoyed the video, please be sure to hit me with a like. And be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as hit that notification bell. Because guess what? I am going to be making a Tenchi Muyo video soon. So, on that note, y'all. Enjoy your life. I'm feeling great and feel the vibe. I'm really grateful we are And I'm feeling great because lately I've been on the way to something great. And I feel alive because I create like every day, and I'm on to.